Welcome to the Non-Breaking Space Show. From Austin, Texas, I'm Christopher Schmidt. And on today's show, we talk with Val Head. Val is a web animation expert and author with a talent for getting designers and developers excited about the power of animation. She's the author of Designing Interface Animation and teaches CSS animation on lynda.com. She shares her passion for web animation as co-host of the Motion and Meaning podcast and curator of the UI Animation Newsletter. Before we get started, some things I'd like you to know. Make plans for CSS DevConf 2017. Join Chris Coyer, Wes Boss, Mina Markham, Harry Roberts, Sarah Drasner, and many more, including Val in New Orleans this October. Early bird tickets are now on sale at CSSDevConf.com. The UX Design Newsletter is a weekly list of articles and tutorials handpicked by me, yours truly. Sign up at UXDesignNewsletter.com and set it and forget it with a non-breaking space show newsletter. So whenever a new show uh, hits the airwaves, uh, you can be notified right away in your inbox simply, simply by signing up at newsletter.nonbreakingspace.tv. Uh, of course, you can always find show notes and links at nonbreakingspace.tv. And be sure to follow me on Twitter at Teljekt, T-E-L-E-J-E-C-T. As always, if you like the show, please let others know by uh, searching on iTunes at Nonbreaking Space Show. Now and forever. On with the show. The book's been out for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, designing interface animation, and mm-hmm. you're currently doing s- a series of workshops yep. for animation with uh, uh, Sarah Dresner. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, hey, you know what? Um, you know, I stink at animation. I should probably uh, ask uh, Val, you know, like what our thoughts on animation are. And and um, and uh, I do want to say, like, you know, I, I read the book, you know, like you do make a, you know, I, I the one parts of, like, I've written a few books. One of the parts I hate writing uh, a book is the preface. Mm-hmm. And, and that's where you have to say, like, this is what this book is for. This is what this book is not. And mm-hmm. and, uh, and so in, in, in that preface, you say, like, uh, but I do check them out because I know they're, like, they're just the worst things to write sometimes because <laughs> it's just like, I really just get to the content. And if like, because, you know, and both reasons why people write them, you know, is just like this book might not be for you. So that's why you write this preface with all these cool things saying, you know, warning signs and, you know, <laughs> polite invitation signs, yeah. you know, like, yeah, you know, like, you know, to, uh, to do it. And so one of the things you said, like, you no, know, this book is, you know, kind of geared towards the web, but you can apply, apply the theories to, you know, to, to anything, uh, right. once. So, so in that sense, you know, it was, it felt like, you know, just a general, uh, animation book in terms of like, how does anim- animation affect our lives, especially for, and it's, you know, with digital devices everywhere and apps, native apps, I think I, I yeah. think a lot more successful apps using animation. I <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, that's part of the reason I wanted to do that too, is it's like, it's not like, I mean, the web does have, it's a, it's its own medium. It has special considerations. There's things we can do on the web that you can't do anywhere else. But like, it's not like we invented animation. <laughs> Sorry if that ruins anyone's day. Um, but like, I know, right? Yeah. Um, but like you said, like there's apps that have been doing it forever. Some of them doing it really well. Some of them doing it not so well. And like, we should learn from their mistakes and or successes. Right. Yeah. And so one of the things I, I want to ask you like you mentioned in your book that uh animation has potential brain benefits like mm-hmm. can you talk about what those benefits are and, and why would uh you know like brain benefits like yeah sign me up but, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, like what type of 
benefits do people get from animation? Um, a lot of it comes from um, studies that were done on e-learning. Like I would say back in the day, mostly because it was done probably like mid 80s to like early 2000s thousands ish most of this i feel like that's when e-learning was like not that it doesn't exist anymore but that's when people were really researching it and so a lot of these studies were done around like learning outcomes which is different than what we're doing for the web but also kind of the same because like if you ha if you're making any kind of software people do need to learn how to use it you're just not testing them necessarily um, but a lot of it has to do with like cognitive load things where it's like um like one of the big ones is really that if you see something like move off screen or move onto the screen, you don't have to think about like, where did that thing come from? Or where did it just go? Like just seeing that simple transition. And even if it's like, it can be so simple of just like actually seeing it transition on the fact that you see it move as opposed to having to keep track of it in your head um, just takes a lot out of like what you need to keep track of as the person using the thing. You know, you can use that brain space for something more important. <laughs> like, I don't know, whatever task you're actually working on, which probably isn't like tracking the interface. <laughs> um, and it can be really great for creating this idea of like, um, kind of a better sense of like orientation and spatial orientation really, you know, as we're dealing with all of these screens of different sizes, especially little ones, we can't necessarily fit all of the functionality onto one screen. I don't know if you ever tried to fit that all on one screen, but it's pretty hard. Um, so like we know when we're designing it, like, oh, like the menu's off to the left and like the status bar is like up over here, the, like, you know, the settings. Um, and we can use transitions to help communicate, communicate where those things are and, you know, kind of like transfer that same mental map to the person using our stuff as opposed to just for us. Um, and I guess a third one that I really like is this idea of like, and we see it a lot um, on the web too. It's like this idea of animation helping with perceived performance. You know, if you see something sooner, like we see all that skeleton content that kind of like pulses in and stuff like that, as opposed to like generic loaders, it seems like things are happening faster. In our, in our minds, that happened more quickly. And we see it also with some like carefully or, or like, cleverly designed loaders that like keep you focused on the progress of what's happening versus like how long you've been waiting and there's some pretty there's some interesting things you can do there it's like loading times are it's a, it's a space of time and animation needs time to like exist because without time it wouldn't exist so you kind of like put it in those gaps and it makes things feel like they're shorter um, which i think is kind of neat because you didn't necessarily make it any faster <laughs> Yeah, like one example, like, would you say, is the uh, that Facebook content loading example, <laughs> where like they just have gray bars and blocks, just kind of like pulsating yeah. while you wait for content, right? And, and that's so, like it's like everywhere now. I think it's even on like I've seen it like in clothes shopping sites. Like I'm pretty sure like the Gap has it, like Slack yeah. has it, like everyone's doing it. <laughs> yeah, it's like a it's a good <laughs> testament. Like this web development team uses Facebook too. Now, so like. <laughs> <laughs> But I yeah, don't know I, if Facebook started it, but they definitely were the first one I noticed. So yeah, they're the first ones I noticed too. And I felt like, uh, and I stopped what I was doing. I tried to recreate a copen. It's like, mm -hmm. oh, this is awesome. We just how you did it, and uh, and I just re kind of recreated it. But uh, um, but yeah, so that I think that was awesome because I think that kind of plays into the hands of like perceived uh, speed, right? Oh, and definitely. So, right. So like like you're talking about like we have this moment till we have content that loads has to you know be processed on the server on the back end and as the browser needs time to render it. And so we have these simple, uh, you know, just kind of did simple, like changing colors of gray uh, in there before the content loads. And so, uh, you know, and I uh, mean, Facebook just, you know, they want your eyeballs, you know, 
Yeah, it's like yeah. that first hint of content and yeah. like, you're like, Oh, it's coming. I know it's coming. And like, you know, Facebook is not loading any faster, but yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've yeah. never been like, wow, Facebook loaded fast today. That's never a thing I said. Ever <laughs> said. <laughs> yeah. Like it's one of those things that keep me on using Facebook and not like get pissed off. Like I was spending, <laughs> more, spending my life on Facebook is like, Oh, Christopher, he spent half his life on Facebook. Like, oh, <laughs> like, oh man. <laughs> <laughs> So, so the b- b- benefits of like you know, reducing the kind of load. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you also mentioned like change blindness. I'm not sure you meant that. Really yeah, that. yeah, that's that's. I mean, that happens to us all the time, right? Like we're generally we like to pretend we're focused on the task at hand, but mostly you're probably not. Yeah. So, like making it more obvious what has changed on a page. Right. I was just buying concert tickets this morning. Worst form I've ever seen. And it was like one of those things where it was like, you have an error. And I'm like, where? I don't yes. see any errors. What's wrong with you, form? Um, oh, man. Yeah. And like some simple design tactics could really fix that. You know, like you could use animation in that case for like making it obvious what's changed, where the errors are, all those things that like are so easy to miss. And when they're well-designed, we don't really notice, right? But as soon as you have a terribly designed one, like my ticket form this morning, you're just like full of anger. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so mad this morning. I just wanted some tickets. <laughs> oh man. Like, yeah, I get, I'm so upset with, uh, with bad experiences like that. Uh, uh, just, it, it, it hits me like to the core. I'm just like, right. oh man. Well, Especially yeah, it when it's like important things. Like, I don't know about how stuff is in Austin, but I feel like all health insurance stuff is designed horribly. Anything like city related is just like terrible. And you're like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> this is like people's day-to-day lives. You can't design it good. <laughs> yeah well it's also i think there, there's this you know there, there's still like it's a lot better than it was before but there's you know i don't want to get into this 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 black hole discussion <laughs> but uh you know developers versus designers and you know ux is somewhere floating around you know uh and uh you know and when i first started out it was like I would just run into programmers you know not throwing all programmers underneath the bus but mm-hmm. you know some programmers i was just like hey if it works it's done. You know, yeah, whereas, that's good enough. Yeah, whereas, you know, we're in, in on the same company, you know, I talk to the designers, <laughs> like, why is my design in here? Like, I, you know, well, yeah, we're, we're working on it, you know, trying to get merged the <laughs> gap between, you know, uh, you know, even the design is not great. You know, sometimes you have to take into consideration the usability of it. So it's, you know, that's where the UX comes in. And so, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so there, there's whole things where like, but yeah, with, with, with forms though, it's like, you know, and that form is just, took the web off into a totally different direction. You know, cause I'm a dinosaur. I could say that because we didn't have forms for a while, but uh, is that, uh, you know, before forms is like, and so like, it's been 20 plus years that, you know, we have like, you know, CSS frameworks now and whatever. So, you know, there's no excuse to have a really bad. Form, I know. It's but, like, you uh, could have just, could have just bootstrapped this or something. Your form would be better already. Right. But yeah, I just, I just hate those. Like, uh, you, I think it's also the companies have like a, you talk about utilities, you know, like municipalities mm-hmm. that have those forms. I think they just like do a third party, like, you know, maybe their bank provides it, you know, maybe the, you know, like the, the back end for it. And so it's, and you get this form that takes, you know, <laughs> when you're on desktop, it takes like, like half of your screen. Like you can only see a portion of it. Right. And then you hit cement, submit, <laughs> and then like you hit cement. No, you hit cement. <laughs> and then, uh, and then like cement. cement comes on top of you. <laughs> And then you're like, you're like, oh, there's an error. Like, where? where? I have to scroll back. And, yeah. you know, like, I saw some of these were just designed in like 1995 and never, ever changed. That's like, <laughs> that's right. for some forms I run into, I feel like that's the only excuse they could possibly have. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> 
Yeah, and then you get some like you know Eddie Vedder singing too. <laughs> yeah, it was the Pearl Jam soundtrack on the form that really gave it away. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Would you like some music while you filled this form? Like, okay, yeah. It's a, it's a MIDI clip too. It <laughs> that great. But you also mentioned the phrase uh, UI chore- choreography. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> choreography. Is that, is that how choreography. Yeah. Or, or you say the choreography, like you have the O in there too, like the middle. Yeah. O. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> Uh, can you explain what that means? Because I, I tried to grok what that meant, but I didn't really understand like what you meant. Like, is that just a dance of? Yeah, kind I, of, yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's really just the idea that like we don't, you know, you rarely have a situation where you're only dealing with like one animation ever, right? Like, if you have an entire site or an entire application, there's probably more than one an, uh, animation, and like they need to have something in common. Well, I mean, they don't need to have something in common. But the best design ones have shared factors between them, right? Like whether it's like similar easing or just like a similar feel to them or a similar style or like maybe you they all only like exist on, or only move on like a horizontal axis or something. Like when you think of them as a whole and think about what you can reuse across them and kind of consciously decide that, you can create a much more like um, just like a cohesive system, like something that feels like it all belongs together. You know, and it's it's really sometimes it's a big challenge, especially if you have a big team. Like, if just every single one of your developers can like make their own whatever animation whenever they want, like you could have like fifty fade ins or fifty slide ins, <laughs> maybe not fifty, but even like five fade ins or five slide ins would be probably a little weird. And like when you really kind of think of this sort of bigger picture choreography for your animations, like that can be one of those things. Like the motion you use can be one of the things that makes your brand recognizable. You know, like if someone is filling out your not terribly designed form, but beautiful form, like on a desktop, and then they go fill out, fill out the rest of it, like on their mobile device or something, you know, we have, there's only so many things that can be a common thread between all of these viewport sizes and motion can really be one of them, you know, sim- similar to how like type and color can carry across any screen size. It's like, so can motion. And if you, if you're really conscious about how you design it and keeping that kind of consistent feel or some sort of shared feel, um, it's like one more way to kind of in, in, um, instill that trust and confidence that like you are in the place you think you are. It's all good. <laughs> all right. Cool. Yeah. So, so I guess like you mentioned it, like I guess this consistency, like, and, and like, uh, I guess, you know, uh, static design, like, you know, yeah. like design, graphic design, it's like, you know, you definitely want consistency with your elements, with your type, with your, you know, you know, your, your, you know, graphics that you have in there. And so, exactly. I guess, so, so what you're saying is like, this is more like, choreography is more like making sure if you when you do add element, animation elements and there's more than one that they work in concert with right with that. So, no matter yeah. what, i mean people are you know people using your stuff are going to see it as one thing and like you know if on one page you have animation that behaves one way and then they go to like the next section and it all behaves a different way they're going to be like uh what just happened sort of like right. if you had an entirely different page layout like on the next page of your site like there's definitely cases where that makes sense because maybe you are moving to like a different article or something. But like in many cases, you don't want that to be a drastic difference. And I think if we, you know, if you're if you're not paying attention to it, it's really easy to like, you know, end up with like 500 slide ins and those have just multiplied by factors of 10 every time I've mentioned them. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it's really easy for that to kind of get out of hand and not fit with the rest of your design. Um, and it's just so much more effective when it is. So it's kind of one of those things where it's like if you just give it a little bit of attention you can have like really great benefits from it yeah yeah definitely you definitely don't go overboard on it and you definitely want to 
keep an eye on it. And then um, you mentioned also blocking animation, and that's bad, apparently. Mm-hmm. I just read that was bad. I didn't really understand <laughs> the concept of what, what blocking is. And then, of course, non-blocking, the opposite, I guess, is good. Yeah. Uh, could, could you ex- explain that more? Explain that, like, what what is blocking animation in... Um, Right. So blocking animation is basically any animation that like blocks you from doing stuff while it's animating. And it's like, logically, it's a really easy trap to fall in. You know, it's basically like you hit a button to like maybe call in the next page. And essentially that site ignores any input you make until that page transition is done. And like that page transition could take like an entire second and it will ignore all of your clicks or anything you do. And you can just end up in some really weird situations. Uh, I've seen it a lot less so now, but it used to be a thing I ran into a lot, especially with like um, accordions where like people, there'd be an open button, right? And as soon as you clicked open, the open button would be disabled until the entire accordion opened. (laughs) And so like, if you wanted to close it again, you had to wait till it fully opened before you could hit close. And it's such, it just feels so clunky and like, as the person using it, it usually feels broken. You're like, why can't I just click open and close over and over and just have it be like open, close, open, close? Like, why can't I do that? Um, and it's a good question. You should be able to do that. Um, but a lot of times, perhaps for like programming simplicity, sites don't always do that. And they kind of like turn off user input while they're animating, uh, which is pretty much usually a bad idea. I mean, there's probably cases where it's not a terrible idea, but I feel like most things where you're, you know, if it's like a navigation or something like that, where there's potential for constant interaction, you need to allow that even if there is animation. Like no one should have to sit and wait for your transition before they can like do the next thing they're going to do. And I think it's, it's, that's like easier said than done. You know, you're like, we won't make them wait. And then you're like, oh no, we'll just turn everything off while it transitions. It's cool. And you're like, no, not cool. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. So it sounds like your like, animations have a supportive role, but they also have a, a very important role too. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least they can have it. And so you want to make sure that, um, but it's sort of like you want to make a progressive, you know, application, right? You want to like, so you have an application that works no matter what, you know, you know, in what environment, but if you want, if, if your browser can support animations and then you don't want to make sure it like renders your app useless or whatever. Yeah, definitely that too. I mean, it's like animated, like micro interactions just have a different feel, right? When you add animation, it changes the feel of it and you want to make sure you're making it feel better and, or just as good, not Mm -hmm. making it worse. Um, As with all design, hopefully you're not trying to make it worse. (laughs) Yeah. I think, I think I was with one example that I, it's been it's been a while since so this hasn't been a thing, but like you know, when, back in the day when DHTML was a was a thing, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, and it was a winter time. Like you'd see like the snow, like someone have like a little snow like layers, like because you have to do layers and you have to animate layers and yeah, yeah, you know, that. And so that so then that would actually block form elements on the page. <laughs> like oh, there's snow got my way, so I can yeah. So, oh, that's so, also like like don't cover up things people need to interact with, and like don't move the things people need to interact with. Um, um, some, I feel like that's one of the things that hopefully doesn't need to be said. Like, yeah. you know, if there's a thing people need to click on, don't move it away from them. <laughs> yeah, I think with, with with floats kind of hopefully going away with uh, Flexbox and CSS mm-hmm. Grid that uh, we, we won't have that issue anymore. But, like, you still get that issue with – it's not an animation issue, but, like, you see, like, uh, uh, someone's layer, like, overlaps. Right. Float, like, content that you need to interact with, and you have to, like, go to Chrome Tools, <laughs> hide that layer. Like, okay, Chrome Tools. What were you doing? Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, oh. 
It's like they go back to the whole thing of like, oh, I just feel so disgusted with your, your UX. So, <laughs> disgusted with everything. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, it's it's amazing how this like computer can make me feel sometimes. It's like you're in the web. Uh, I just I, I just need to go outside, get some air. <laughs> <laughs> the outside world. I hear it's still there. <laughs> so, what are some good examples? Uh, for animation, so like we've talked about, like the importance of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if someone's like listening, like, hey, what, what are, and they're, you know, maybe they're thinking, like, what? Well, of course, animation's cool, but it's not important. Or like, what were some, you know, ideas were like or concepts that uh, that you think kind of elevates a design, or you think that that's it, or it kind of like just elevates, or just succinctly, you know, communicates a brand, if you will. Yeah. Oh, well, for like brand communication is a big way, like just establishing that brand personality. You know, we were talking about like UI or animation choreography before. And like, that's that kind of idea. Like if you decide, hey, our brand is like, um, you know, like a high energy friendly brand and you come up with what you feel like are good, you know, kind of movements to, to or animations that will like embody that maybe they have like a little bit of an overshoot or something maybe they do a lot of like scaling up into view or something like that you know something that's kind of high energy and very like punchy if you reuse those those same kind of like slightly overshooting little bit of punchy animation everywhere like you can really establish like this is how your brand is in motion and if that exists throughout your entire like application or site like then it really becomes reinforced and it can be pretty um you know, it can be very powerful and really kind of cement your brand personality. Just like, you know, picking specific colors or certain typefaces will make your brand have a certain vibe. You know, you can do the same thing with animations. Um, on a more like kind of granular level, there's like kind of certain, I guess, UXy things that animation can be particularly good at helping with. You know, we talked a little bit about like the change. Yeah, some more specific stuff would be things like a lot of it has to, I mean, a lot of them could be, or one of them could be rather like when you need to direct someone's attention to a specific thing. Um, when you, you know, like in that same change blindness stuff we were talking about before. Um, and, and also that's like the spatial orientation stuff we were talking about before as well. Like if you have a lot of layers to your interface, whether it's like layers that are off screen or like depth layers, you know, using those transitions to move between them is going to be so much more informative to the person, you know, navigating those layers than having them just like randomly, like kind of like just jump cut up here, you know, just like all of a sudden be there. Um, so there's a lot of, a lot of opportunities when things are transitioning, a lot of opportunities to like guide people's attention in certain places and also to give them feedback. I think that's one we didn't talk about too much yet. We talked a little bit about it with a loading, but you know, like letting people know, like if you think about a drag and drop animation or drag and drop interaction rather, and how much animation could be involved in that to like help you see where you're allowed to drop things, help you see how like your whole layout will change based on where you might drop it. Like there's so much opportunity to kind of um, give people a preview of what's going to happen before they've actually done it to kind of like give them those checks along the way of like, well, if you drop it here, all of your like new pages will be over here. Is that what you want? Um, and, you know, it makes it easier to follow along with these more complex tasks as we're doing them, as opposed to like you move it and then you're like, oh, I didn't want that undo. You know, you can make this, um, make it more of like a fluid conversation between the user and the interface, which is always pretty fun when that happens. Is, is there like examples of sites that you think like, like they're just really awesome that uh, for for using animation, I just like. Yeah, the the folks at Stripe some tend to do a really great job with all of their products, both like their main site. Um, they do a really good job, like designing that to have like a good brand and a good feel. Um, and then Stripe Checkout does a really great job of um, 
I mean, just using a lot of those, you know, interactive or animating a lot of those interactions. Like uh, if you go through any Stripe checkout stuff, there is an animation on pretty much every interaction. And most of the time you don't even notice because it's just all such a fluidly designed experience. Like you don't even realize what's happening. So they're, they're a really good example of that. Yeah. I think they, they, you know, I just, I, I definitely want to agree with you there because uh, I felt like they, they entered a space that was kind of, I don't want to say like it's dominated by PayPal, but like PayPal like was really, was, yeah. was really there, but they came in and said like, yeah, we, we're going to do this, but we're going to make it, you know, friendlier for developers, but mm-hmm. also the, they actually just focused a lot on that user experience on that checkout process. And it's, you know, I don't think I've ever had, maybe I don't agree with like some of their wonky decisions, uh, the animations <laughs> style sometimes, especially in the first generation of their software, but they've, they've really polished it out and they've really, they stood out where like PayPal, the checkout prices process, I think they've gotten PayPal's gotten a lot better since then, but uh, they, their process and also they've got like, Venmo now, but uh, mm-hmm. uh, they're going in other directions too. But, uh, but I felt like they're really into, uh, you know, kind of catching up with with Stripe in terms of making their 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 checkout a little yeah. more friendlier. So yeah, PayPal's definitely done a lot of or done a lot of work to redesign since Stripe came out. Which I don't know if it was because of Stripe or hopefully they're just going to do it right. anyways because it was very like their design was so stagnant for so long. It was like going back in time for a while there, and like they've improved some of their animation as well, but it's still just not. It's not at that same level of polish, but you can just, the one thing I really like about Stripe, and I know it's true because we've, I read some of their articles, they posted about it, but they decided early on that like motion was one of the ways they were going to communicate like the sophistication. And um, like, that was an important thing for them to get right for their interactions. So it's something they like worked on and discussed from the very beginning of their project. It wasn't like at the end, they're like, oh, we didn't animate anything, throw some on top. Um, and I mean, I don't know how PayPal approached their design, but the animations they have don't feel quite as integral to the design as stripes do. Yeah. And sophistication and animation, that's like, sometimes you don't think about that, right? Like, so if you, mm-hmm. especially if you grew up on like, you know, Looney Tunes, right. You know, you're thinking like, <laughs> oh, animation, like why do I want animation into my, my web app or anything? That's like, like when I wanted, like, I don't want the like, I go, exposure. <laughs> you know, what the heck you're talking about? And Maybe so, you do. I don't know. It depends on your brand. <laughs> I have a great brand. Have, like Warner Brothers. So uh, the Anvil like, Fall. That's yeah, your page transition at all times. Right. Um. <laughs> right. So, so, but we, what we call it sophistication. Sophistication. I think that's exactly what they're going for. I think they achieved mm-hmm. it very well in terms of, and especially when you're dealing with people's money, right? In transaction. Like, yeah. Like you said. Like, that trust. Yeah, I trust. And that's a high level degree because, like, no, you, you have to, like, actually talk about, like, hey, the form just works. So be happy with it, you know, definitely. <laughs> right. And so then you say, like, well, I, we also need to make sure this animation works and, uh, in all browsers and making sure it works, which, which is, which is crazy. So, um, sometimes. So, uh, you know, it's not as crazy. It's just like a little higher degree of difficulty to pull off, I think. Yeah. yeah, yeah, especially when yeah, like you said, like they're dealing with money and payment stuff. Like that's kind of a different bar than if like it was a contact form, right. and things were a little wonky. You're like, ah, whatever. I'm sure it still sent my email, but if you know, it's taking your money, it better be solid. <laughs> right. right, and then um, so think about sophistication. So it's like Stripe said. So Stripe said like, hey, sophistication is really important to us because we want we want to portray that mm-hmm. uh, in our website. You know, that goes to you know, figure out like a guide for your. For your brand and, and your book actually talk about conducting like a motion audit mm-hmm. and and trying to or like and also just trying to figure out your design guide for brand. Could you just walk through like 
the kind of things that you need to do? Like say, hey, if for someone who's listening um, that you know maybe it's a personal website or they work for a team, like how would they go about thinking about instilling animation into uh, into their brand, into their their app, and to their site? Right. I mean, this tends to be a thing that I get hired a lot for by clients to help them out with. And usually it's a kind of a case where like maybe one team member or two team members of like realize that animation is something they should be paying more attention to. Like maybe they have a little bit of it in their product and they know it's not quite maybe where it should be. Maybe they could be using it more or we could be using it better. Um, so they bring me in to help them like kind of figure that out. So motion audits are a great way to figure out what you've already got going on. Um, really great for like established apps and things where you're like, okay, we have animation in places where is it and what is it doing? And you basically go through like all the pages or, you know, screens of your, of your, uh, of your site or your app and look at what animation is there. I really like screen recording it. So you can have a bunch of little video clips to play back later, especially if you have to like go log into a place and do a specific thing to get there. Um, and then you kind of collect up all the animation that you have and kind of categorize it in like based on like what its purpose is. Like you might look at all your like fade ins, you might look at all like your entrances and exits. You might look at things that like, you know, scale up or, or stretch or appear. And you can get a really great bird's eye view of like how many different ways you might be transitioning something onto the screen. Like maybe sometimes it comes from the bottom, sometimes it comes from the top, sometimes it bounces, other times it doesn't, you know? Um, and you can look at that and figure, you know, kind of look at it from that kind of macro level and think like, all right, like, do we need three different or four different transition ins or, you know, slide ins? Probably not. And then it's like, which ones work best for our brand? Like if our brand, you know, is maybe a very serious product, like maybe it's like about investing or money. Like, do we want to have bouncy animations? Is okay. that our brand? Probably not. Maybe you want things that are a little bit more assertive and a little bit more sure or assuring. So maybe you want to get just these kind of like ease in out animations or at least things that don't like overshoot and bounce. You can kind of investigate what sort of easing and what sort of look to the animations fits your brand best. And then kind of once, you know, once you have that more central idea or like that kind of like you know, the thing animation needs to be for your brand, you can go and, you know, kind of consolidate all of those animations that you have already. Like maybe narrow it down to just one, slide in, make the easing something that represents your brand, pick, pick the timing that works best for it. Um, and then some things that have, that have happened a lot for clients of mine, they're like, okay, so we have the way our modal animates in. Now that we have that, we can use that animation to figure out how our like tooltips or our like, you know, whatever other things that people might call things that are almost modals, but not quite. You can kind of build off of that as you go. Um, and then you end up with like a really nice system of animation. Like, you know what your brand, what you, you know what you're animating. Usually when you're doing a motion audit, you find more opportunities where you're like, oh, we animate, you know, like this page transition and this one, but then we don't animate these five. And why aren't we like... There's just the, you can really consolidate your kind of intention and design behind animation by looking at what you've got and where there's opportunities to use it, you know, more effectively or use it better, um, or maybe use it or completely cut it out depending on, um, you know, what your what your goals are. That sounds awesome. So basically, almost like a content inventory, but just for promotion. Yeah, basically, it's pretty much. I mean, that's that's really what you want to know, right? It's like. You know, we have like a team of 10 people that are all just, you know, animating whatever. Yeah. What are we doing out there? <laughs> it's like, hard to keep track of stuff. 
yeah, especially if you have like different frameworks and mm-hmm. older, yeah, especially if you're like in a, in a college or university, it's just to pull one example out because like university, like colleges oh go from one college to another college, like their website could be just totally a mess. And so but, <laughs> the uh, politics behind fixing that might be more than you want to get into. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. As someone who's, who's been on a team for that, I think that's, that's yeah. a team meetings for that. I think that's, yeah, I don't go down that rabbit hole. Uh, <laughs> uh, so one thing that we always do, like, you know, for the conferences that we have and uh, like, it doesn't really matter if we were talking about animation or CSS or something like that, mm-hmm. uh, or it could be some new technology. Uh, and you mentioned this kind of briefly in passing, which, you know, I'm not really sure that there should be like a book or pamphlet or like, or like, you know, maybe just God bless uh, as a phrase for this, but, uh, or like best of luck. But the, the problem that, that I'm referring to is just like how to get buy-in mm-hmm. uh, for animation. Like, so you just say like, you know, we, you know, someone in a team or, 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 um, you know, just wants to, wants to convince their boss or convince their colleagues about using animation, but not, and they, they may be on board for animation, but not mean not using it in a smart way that enhances the brand. Like, how would you recommend, uh, for someone like, like that trying to, uh, to convince their higher ups for that? Oh yeah, that's definitely a common a common problem or a common situation. I think depending on how far out they are from like what you know on the range of like animation is terrible and always sucks to like well maybe if we had a good reason you know depending yeah. on where that spectrum you are, um, I find that like you know if you just really feel like you need to just even get your team thinking about animation doing things like, um, you know, even if you wanted to have like lunch and learns or something, um, like just kind of educating people on animation. Sometimes it's even just like, hey, you know, did you see like how PayPal now animates this thing? That's interesting that they did that. Um, Or especially like if you have competitors that are using animation well, it's always a killer example. If you're like, oh, wow, competitor X is doing a really beautifully animated accordion. What are we doing? Nothing. Hmm. Um, (laughs) But especially if you can figure out or kind of explain like why those animations are there. You know, if we think about um, something like we were talking about Stripe, like they have a really great set of animations for showing where errors are you know, bringing that to your team at whatever opportunities you have to share things of like, hey, look how Stripe handles these errors. They animate this shake animation or or they use arrows. Like that seems like a really good way to call attention to arrows. You know, really focusing on that purpose. Um, And then when it comes to using it in your own work too, you you can have that same thing. Like when you have design presentations and you're talking about like a static layout, why not also talk about motion? And it's really that same kind of goals, like tying it to some kind of business goal or UX goal of like, by transitioning this modal in, we know where it comes from and that's going to make it easier for the user to understand what happened. Like, that's tough to argue against versus I just like how this looks. Um, And also, you know, if there's certain business goals about like, hey, we need to get more people to sign up, we need to make our form easier to use, you could come up with ideas of how motion can make that form easier to use. And a lot of the time, especially... um, if motion is really new to your design process, the best way to get it done is to like, just do it, like create a little prototype and be like, here's what our form could look like. You know, if we had this stuff transition in as we went, as opposed to giving them this giant long page, you know, here's, here's how this could look. Here's why it's better. You know, it kind of sections out the form. It it makes things seem less intimidating or whatever your reasons might be. Like it helps people track where they are, all those kinds of things, you know, being able to support why it makes why it improves the design, why it improves the experience is always a great, 
a great way to support that, you know, in the same way you would with other design choices. Like you wouldn't be like, I decided our navigation was going to be blue because I like blue. Mm. Like you'd be like, because it's a strong color and matches our brand guidelines or something. Right. Um, And I think the trick is really just framing motion in the same way, framing animation in the same way you already frame other design tools and other design choices. Uh, And that just makes it, makes it feel more part of the process and feel more familiar. Like you can have a discussion about that. You can't really have a discussion about like, I don't like bounce. I mean, well, at least not a productive one. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I agree. I don't like bounce either. You're like, cool. Wait, what did we just decide? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so it sounds like, because uh, um, I, because I have to, uh, um, Brad Frost about this. And so like his, mm. his book, you know, he just, I, you know, like, man, he's got a whole like almost chapter dedicated to like being that rebel and trying to convince bosses and stuff like that too. Right. So, but, uh, but yeah, but it sounds like, but the same process is like, his is like, you know, his mentality is like, just go do it <laughs> and, and ask for, 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 uh, for forgiveness. That's a big broad stroke of what he says, but, uh, <laughs> it's one chapter. It's one sentence. Jeez. Short. I know. Like, <laughs> like, well, you know, yeah, I'm a writer and an editor. That's amazing. But, yeah. uh, so yeah, so I'm, you know, I think that the big thing behind all of that is just like, if you can show someone how, like right. why it could work, um, show how it's a solution. Like the thing is the first thing you may come up with might not be the best solution and that's totally fine. It's just like a solution. And if you can show that and you're all looking at the same thing, like it's much easier to think of it, you know, to talk about it constructively as opposed to be like, nah, we don't have time for that. You're like, I just made time for it. Here's this thing that I think improves our design. Let's talk about it. Um, like that's a really, it's, it's hard for that to just be like brushed off. <laughs> right. right. I think it takes definitely uh, showing examples beforehand and, or like trying to do like, like uh, I heard the, you know, especially like lunch and learns, we try to like, you know, people mm-hmm. give people great pizza and then, uh, you know, it's not, not just pizza, but great pizza. So they show up and then yeah. uh, talk about the benefits of, of animation if you want to do that. But also, um, you know, I think I talked to Steve Krug about, uh, uh, about trying to convince people, and like the only way you convince upper management is if you just do a UX test mm-hmm. in front of their face, and so it's like with, with someone who comes in and, and sees how animation. That, that's only I don't think you get that far because I think everyone everyone likes animation, but I think definitely also just doing UX testing to make sure your your yeah. animations or it doesn't have to be animation, but any design choice that you have would be best best served like that way. So, but that's cool. But yeah, okay, yeah. cool. I'm gonna ask that. But uh, so uh, before before we leave, I just also want to ask you. Uh, what is where if I'm if I want to learn more about animation, I want to uh, incorporate it into my design. Where would I start? Where would it, would it, is it still CSS or do I do JavaScript or is it a combination of the two? Because uh, I know CSS is like when I started learning CSS animation it was like really tough. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> well, depending on who you ask, I mean the syntax is definitely a little bit weird. It, yeah. CSS does animation in its own way when, you know, yeah. uh, it's, I don't think it's necessarily that terrible, but you know, it's, it's, right. it's an adjustment if you're coming from something like After Effects or whatever. Um, yeah. but I think yeah. CSS often can be the best place to start because if you're doing anything on the web, there's a very slim chance you're not already using the CSS. It's not like you have to like pull in a CSS library or additional downloads. Like the, the tech argument for CSS is going to be a lot easier because you're like, it's just there. <laughs> you know, like there's, the, you don't have to, you know, um, lobby for like adding an extra library to your, you know, your code base. You can just use CSS for things. Um, I mean, CSS, obviously, there's things JavaScript 
that can do that CSS can't, but CSS is a really great place to start. You can get a lot done with it. Um, and it's, you know, you can take it as far as you need to. And I think that's a really great place to start from a technical standpoint. And also a lot of the things you can do with CSS are those kind of, you know, smaller micro interactions where like that might be the easiest place to start as well, as opposed to being like, let's animate everything. Maybe you're like, let's just animate this one form or this one user flow, or let's start animating just our onboarding. Like I think um, CSS can be the best approach for that, at least as a starting point. Um, you know, and then if you make the case that you can improve things with CSS and you, you know, they're like, well, we need to add more animation or do something that's more complex. Then you can get to the topic of like, well, if you want to do that, we're going to have to decide on some JavaScript things. Um, and I think that's going to be an easier discussion than just coming in being like, we need to like download all of Greensock. Like, I don't know. That's going to be a tough one. So what, what does, uh, you mentioned uh, Greensock and that's like mm -hmm. a JavaScript uh, framework, I guess that you say. What does uh, Greensock let you do that uh, CSS can't let you do, or or is that is that you know like like how does that fit in? And then right, and then uh, two, so two two parter. Mm -hmm. uh, it's like so before let's put a pin on that one. But the, let's go back to the CSS stuff. <laughs> mm -hmm. like, if someone wants to learn about CSS animations and just want to, I guess it's a good good place to get their feet wet uh, for for animations. What would you recommend to someone listening to? to learn CSS animation. Oh, like, right. Like where'd you tell, point them to or what books? I'll do total self-promotional thing. And I have a Linda course on CSS animation that you could totally take. Um, there's also some other related Linda courses that work out well too. Um, Dudley Story has a good book if you're more into books than like online courses. Um, I believe it's called like CSS3 animation. It's like a black cover um, and he covers some really great in-depth stuff there. Um, I'm completely blanking on the real title, but I can describe the cover to you. Anyways, <laughs> um, but yeah, those would be two a, good a places. A sign of a true designer right there. <laughs> right. Like it was black with yellow. Um, I know what you're talking about, man. <laughs> <laughs> it was on Amazon. <laughs> um, really? Oh, man. <laughs> I, I and also CodePen. Yeah, like code I saw pen. books there, yeah. Um, but CodePen's a great place for... Um, you, know, you can just go and search for like all the the pens tagged with CSS animation and see what you've got. Um, there's there's just a huge variety of things, and the source code is right there, so you can just you know fork it, pull it apart, um, and and I feel like that's if you're into hands on learning, that's a really great way to do it. It's just like poke around CodePen for a while. Okay, cool. And then and they talk about uh, what JavaScript can't. What mm -hmm. does what what is JavaScript animation can? What can it do that CSS can't do? I mean, there's a ton of overlap of things they can both do, right? Like, right. Um, and I mean, if we can draw like crazy scenes with CSS, you can make CSS do almost anything if you really want to. Um, but JavaScript generally, the way I like to describe it is kind of like a continuum. You know, if you start with CSS and then maybe once you have animations that are complex enough that you have like more than three things chained together, like CSS, you have to do that with like animation delays and, um, you know, durations. And that's a lot of numbers to keep track of. After you have like maybe three of those, that could become really difficult to edit. Um, so moving to JavaScript, you'll have basically like more sophisticated logic to keep take care of that and like help you adjust these animations that are maybe more complex or have you know multiple animations working together. Um, there's also obviously some like interactions that like you can't do without JavaScript. You know, like CSS knows about things like hover and active states and all of that. But if you need to get beyond that, 
um, you might need to bring JavaScript into the picture. Um, maybe not necessarily an animation library, but something. Um, and then the other place that JavaScript libraries are really helpful for, um, especially ones like GreenSock, is uh, animating SVG because CSS can animate SVG, but there's only so much of SVG things are exposed to CSS and JavaScript can dig into a lot more of them. Um, and JavaScript is a little bit better, especially some animation libraries like GreenSock at kind of like smoothing over the cross-browser issues with SVG. Uh, so it can really save you a lot of time and headaches for that kind of stuff. Okay. And would you th would uh, GreenSock be the, the framework you would go to first and and use? And that's kind of like industry level, like like career, like that's what you'd use for like production. Yeah, I mean, it's the one I, I tend to use the most, um, mostly because it's been they you know it's been around for a while. There's a good community around it. It's pretty easy to like find information about and and get help with, um, and also it just does a pretty darn amazing job performance wise and with SVGs, um, and the the backward browser support with GreenSock is pretty darn impressive. I think most of their stuff goes back to like IE six or something, which. Do you even remember IE6? <laughs> so, I mean, the nightmares, yeah. <laughs> Still wake up with cold sweats. Yeah. Um, but I, I find it's it's just, it covers a lot of ground uh, really well. And uh, so I really like it for that. Okay, cool. Awesome. Uh, do you cover that in your workshops? I do. Yeah, we do. Our workshops are really, like the workshops I've been doing with Sarah Drasner are, it's kind of a two-day workshop. We go from like, Literally web animation zero to web animation, all the things. We cover everything from CSS to JavaScript. Um, in day one, we teach GreenSock because it would be mean to teach people more than one framework in two days. Uh, <laughs> we even get into, and then like the, the second day, we really kind of focus in like on SVG and some of the other like more advanced things like using animation React and that kind of stuff. Um, so it's like an all encompassing two day web animation course. It's really fun. Okay. Cool. Uh, then I, I do want to plug uh, CSSDevConf. Mm -hmm. We're guys are going to be giving a workshop, and so yeah. uh, so you should do a two day workshop. But what are you doing for the one day workshop? Right? What are you? What's going to be the focus for the one day? Because you only have one day, so <laughs> only half the time. Um, I think the focus is going to be on you know well, we're still going to start it with CSS and move on to JavaScript stuff. Um, mostly to give people that that good spectrum of like um, you know trying out the CSS way of doing things, trying out the JavaScript way of doing things. I think like trying those bits of hands-on things is the best way for you to decide when you want to use one or the other, like having experience, even if it's just a couple hours of working with one versus the other gives you such a better perspective than like any articles or anyone else's opinion. Um, so I think that's going to be the big thing of like getting think talking about getting things done with both CSS and JavaScript, what the differences are and uh, getting everyone to code some stuff so they can try it themselves too. Oh, nice. Cool. Awesome. All right. I think that's a good starting point. Like, uh, how can cool. people find you on the internet and buy your books and, and all that stuff? Yeah, I'm um, I'm on the internets at valhead.com is my site. Um, I'm VLH on Twitter. Uh, you can buy the book at uh, designinginterfaceanimation.com or on Rosenfeld Media's site. Um, and I also have a uh, newsletter I send out every week called the UI Animation Newsletter. Um, all Jump about off. web animation things. Oh, thanks. I love, I love meeting people that actually read it because like you send out this email <laughs> and you... Like, you know, people read it because you see the stats. I mean, you have you have your UX email newsletter, so you know. But like, you don't, it's just different when people are like, oh, I've read that. You're like, oh, there are real humans there. Because <laughs> <laughs> exactly. like, you, you work on it every week and you're like, oh, I'll send it out and maybe right. someone reads this. I mean, well, I know someone's opening it, but I don't know. Right. But yeah. So it's like, but, I like to try to remind everyone of some good 
web animation tips and just there's so many like great inspiring tutorials and like things being made. Um, I think it helps to just kind of spur everyone on. Yeah. At least that's yeah. why I put it together. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I just uh, well, I just I wish I had the patience for animation, but uh, so that's one of the things I love about reading animation because in in your work and Sarah's work on it because I feel like wow, this is to see animation grow on the web since you know since I've been as like a dinosaur on the web since the beginning <laughs> uh, just to see it explore and ever since apple said like oh we're doing animation css like oh never happened what are you talking about but uh right. it's, it's pretty awesome so and no, I'm, uh, I'm really happy to see what people are doing with it like i think hmm. i think as an industry we're we're on a good track to do like good things and also really creative things with animation which makes me really happy yeah exactly cool well thank you so much for being on the show i really appreciate it yeah thanks for having me